views expressed on this program are those of the hosts, guests, and callers, and are not necessarily those of this station, its management, or other advertisers. You're listening to Transformation Talk Radio. Hi, welcome. This is Dr. John Martini. This is one of the most amazing and inspiring shows that you can listen into. If you want to be on the edge of your seats, if you want to open up your heart, if you want to expand your mind, and you want to meet incredible people, stay tuned because you're just about to experience a transformative radio show that will change your life. And you're listening to the Dr. Pat Show is coming up right next. The following audio is via a Skype call. Welcome to the Dr. Pat Show. Talk radio to thrive by. Powerful, inspiring, and coming to you live, bringing you stories of people like you and me, busting through and living life full out. Get ready to dare to wonder what your life would be like if you knew you could not fail. everybody. Welcome. Welcome to the Dr. Pat Show. This is Talk Radio to Thrive By. I'm Dr. Pat. Also, you can hear us on TransformationTalkRadio.com. And I'm so thrilled to be here with all of you. Hello, Mr. B. How you being? I be good. Thanks, Pat. Yeah, I be, be good, too. Yeah, we had a great show today. Yep, it's a good one. Yep. For those of you out there, Heidi Bright's joining us here today. Author, speaker, editor, wellness coach. But basically... You know, I love the term radical remission. I love that term. It is something that I want to say. Only only someone like Heidi can take this journey and write about it. But what she's writing about is being able to thrive. What does that mean? How does someone after two grueling years, another tumor, how does someone like Heidi know or how did she know that she had a different journey to be on. Sometimes we get these diagnoses, diagnoses, whatever they are, we get them. And they're not absolutely what we want to hear. And we're at this point where we have to decide, am I going to buy into that? Or am I going to follow my God-given intuition today? Thrive Beyond Cancer, Genuine Hope with Options, with my very special guest, Heidi Bright, joining me here today. She is the author of Thriver Soup, which I have in front of me. It's really good. This book, by the way, is um, whether you may be thinking, I have cancer, I don't have cancer, this book right here will help you. And the reason I say it is because when I go to the section on the power, the power of powerlessness, that is not a book just for people that are thinking, I might die. This is a book for those of us that know what it's like to to die on the inside as well. Heidi, great to have you here. It's a pleasure to be here, Pat. What do you think about what I said about your book? You know, I read your book and um, I just gave you a quote out of the book, which I probably am going to talk about. But what do you think about what I said? I mean, if I if I didn't know who you were and I didn't know about your journey and I opened up this book. I would use this book as clearly as a book for people that want to get into that thriver soup and change their lives despite 
what their history is, their background is, what other people tell them they is, what the government may tell them they is. It is a book to get out of that sense of powerlessness. What do you think about that? It is so true. I felt powerless when I was diagnosed, and I learned a lot during my two years of cancer treatment. My sister encouraged me to go get a psychotherapist after I was diagnosed, and that was one of the best decisions I ever made. She taught me that powerlessness is an emotion, a physical sensation in the body. And if I were to focus on that physical sensation and not think about it, for me, it feels like the bottom's dropped out from under me. If I can just stay with that sensation in my body and not think about it, not judge it, not analyze it, not make stories about it, not change it, but just sit with it, then it can move around in the body, it can get intense, and after about 90 seconds, that emotional sensation will lift and I will feel better. That's one of the most important messages in this book is how to deal with these emotions that are so difficult, anger, powerlessness, sorrow, fear, they're just sensations in the body, and there's nothing to be afraid of with these. They will lift if they are handled in a healthy way. That's one of the big things I learned during my journey, and that's how I was able to get to the point where I could thrive because I was no longer a victim. Even if I had passed away, I would not have been a victim of cancer. I would have been a victor in my life, and that was more important to me than whether I lived or died. And this book has all kinds of tips on how to reach that point. That's why I call it Thriver Suit for thriving, not just surviving cancer, but thriving beyond that kind of a diagnosis, whether I lived or died. Yeah. And, you know, let's talk about this and let's talk about the diagnosis a minute if we could. Um, You know, we're not just talking about walking in and because I have now recently... Um, and I've shared this on the, on, on the show. I lost a friend recently, um, who did exactly what you just said. She may have lost her life to cancer, but she did not lose her battle. You know, she did not lose, you know, her fight and her spirit. And as a result of that, yeah, you know what I'm saying? As a result of that, it doesn't matter how, how many doctors tell you what they tell you, Right. You know, this is a woman that went out kayaking in a kayak, uh, exercising, lifting weights in the gym uh, while doing chemotherapy. So these are the things I think you're talking about in your book. You know, there's what we listen to and then what we listen to from our heart. How did you do that? Well, again, I went back to my therapist. She explained to me that there's four basic resolutions to cancer. You can be cured, but not heal your life. You can heal your life, but not be cured and pass away. You cannot be cured and not be healed and just be a victim of the disease and pass away. Or you can heal your life and be cured or be free of evidence of disease. And that's wow. where I wanted to be. Wow. And so it's important not to blame somebody who passes from cancer. If they're really doing the work, then it doesn't, that they're not being a victim of cancer. They're being a thriver even if it's just emotionally and mentally thriving. Well, so let's talk. Healed, it sounds yeah. like. 
Yeah. You know, and let's talk about, you know, these ideas, this path, you know, we, we've talked about this, talked about the diagnosis. We've talked about so many things. I am really struck by um, how powerful the word hope is. And yet at the same time, um, we hear it used in ways that either identify whether a person should have it or not have it. And, I w and you talk about this in the book. I would love for you to share your story around hope. Well, it was pretty hopeless when I was diagnosed. They said yep. there was no cure. It was yep. already end stage. It was highly aggressive. They didn't expect me to last more than a few months. So that, and But actually what I did was I told everybody around me, do not tell me what the prognosis is because I don't want to know and I don't want to fulfill it. I want to burn my own path through this. And so I didn't find out until I actually was writing this book years later that I was only supposed to last a few months. Mm. And then in 2011, two years later, after all the treatments, I went to the uh, my post-op and the nurse practitioner said, I see this all the time. You have got to get back on chemo. And I said, my cancer is very rare. There is no more chemo. There is nothing more that can be done. So she said, you need to get your affairs in order. You know, she was telling me, that's it, end of the line. And so I, I did get depressed for a couple of days. Who wouldn't? But then I picked myself back up because I, I knew that if I healed my life, that was the most important thing. And so I kept focusing on healing my life and doing everything I could in every realm of my life to give myself the most opportunity to survive. So that's where the hope was. It was in doing everything I could to survive because the doctors didn't have any more options. And wow. the book Cyber Soup has over 250 of these options that people can turn to for ideas on how to get some hope. I believe there's always hope. As long as somebody is alive, there's hope. As long as they're breathing, there's hope. That's, what the, that's one of the messages in the book. You know, one of the things I also wanted to ask you about for the book is you have so many quotes in the book and uh, I, and you know, more quotes than I have ever seen, I think in any one book, because, you know, I love quotes, but what the quotes help me with when I read your book is they help me not just with the chapter, but even a section or a sub chapter or something you're talking about, right? You know, one of the things I was looking at is I was looking at, you know, your dialogue of joy, you know, predictor of survival, joy, predictor of survival. Now, you know, I know that I studied joy when I was when I was studying in school, contrary to what people wanted us to study, because we don't want to re really believe that joy is a predictor. And so unless I have some empirical data, right, Heidi, empirical yeah. data, that is such a joke, isn't it? I would like for you to spend a minute, if you could, and tell us about the empirical data you discovered about joy as this predictor for survival, because you're it. <laughs> well, actually, there was a study done. It was a very small study, so yeah. it's not significant. But yeah. they found that of the women who, after their first year of a cancer diagnosis, they were angry. And that's perfectly normal, and there's nothing wrong with that. And it does not affect survival rates. So telling people to have a positive attitude when they've been diagnosed with cancer is not necessarily productive. 
Let them be angry for a year. Let them get that out. But after that year is over, they need to be focusing on finding joy in their lives. Anything they can do to find joy, go watch a sunset, go kayaking, go to the gym, eat chocolate, something that brings joy. And it's the people who found joy again were the ones who lived longer. The people who couldn't find the joy were the ones who didn't survive as long. I, we're going to take a short break, but when we come back, I want to talk about this. I want to, I want to talk about joy especially in the, in, in the face of fear. And you, okay. t- you do this so brilliantly in the book. You know, you talk about looking fear in the face. And I think that that is so important. But I also love that you talk about looking fear in the face in a way that for all of us, we can do today in our lives. And fear comes yeah. in many, many different shades. You know, yours happens to be, you know, the fear of, uh, uh, of life ending or maybe even something else. Uh, when we come back, I'd love for you alive. to talk about, yeah, exactly, about the fear. What does it mean to look fear in the face? And why is that an invitation for every single one of us today? I'm Dr. Pat. When we come back, for those of you out there, Heidi Bright joining us here today, 1-800-930-2819. If you would like to call in, chat with Heidi, chat with me, comment or question. We'll be right back. Get ready to experience Truth Talk Radio with host Deb Acker. Tune in to Truth Talk Radio each Wednesday at 3 p.m. Pacific on TransformationTalkRadio.com to illuminate the truth in your daily life as you experience life, love, and abundance from a whole new perspective. This hit show will leave you feeling lighter and bring you into a place of infinite possibilities every day in every way. Visit TruthTalkRadioShow.com for upcoming transformative topics and guests. Tune in to the Angels and Answer Psychic Radio Show with Clairvoyance Artie Hoffman and Sky Siegel every Thursday for a two-hour show, 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on Transformation Talk Radio. Artie and Sky deliver spiritual and motivational messages with passion and a sense of humor. Call in 800-930-2819 for live and on-air readings. Visit ArtieHoffman.com and SkyOfAngels.com. How would you like increased health and vitality? How would you like to avoid the onset of disease as well as slow the aging process? This is all possible through a simple, safe, and natural process. Every day we are either moving toward wellness or away from wellness. Hi, I'm Mary Jane Mack. I'd like to be your partner in achieving optimal health. Contact me now at MaryJaneMack.com or call 425-392-0659. Visit MaryJaneMack.com. Tune in to Lucid Planet Radio with Dr. Kelly Neff. This hit show will illuminate your senses and empower you beyond your daily stressors and hardships. Renowned psychologist and author Dr. Kelly will captivate you with far-reaching topics and amazing guests as you wake to the greatest version of yourself. Learn to tap into your intuitions, think critically about our world, heal emotional and psychological wounds, and follow your passions to live your dreams. The Lucid Planet. Welcome home. Visit lucidplanetradio.com for more information. 
Beyond being this amazing neurologist, inventor, author, Dr. Dan Cohen has been called to look at technology and look at personal and spiritual development and merge these together. This technology uses the healing and psycho-spiritual effects of synchronized sounds, vibrations, electromagnetic fields, and how that interacts with us in our nervous system in what we're calling the Soltech chair. The Soltech Lounge induces profound levels of relaxation that transition over time into deep meditative states. The synchronized sound vibration and magnetic field induce these states. The subject doesn't have to work at it. To learn more, go to soltechwellbeing.com. That's S-O-L-T-E-C, well-being. Oh, boy. Benny, Benny's listening to Heidi and me talk during the break. I can only imagine what he's thinking right here. Um, but I, I love what you're talking about. And Heidi, more importantly, uh, we have a show here on this network. Um, uh, Benny will tell you, Rob and Brenda, Conscious Talk. And uh, Brenda totally went down the pathway that you're talking about. She wrote a book about it as well. But I think there are more of us that have to speak out. Before we kind of jump ahead, would you just take a minute to let people know how they can find out more about you, get a copy of the book. And then I know we've got a guided meditation uh, on C that will, CD, CD that will be given away during the show. So how can people get the book and find out more about you? The book is at thriversoup.com. That's T-H-R-I-V-E-R, soup, S-O-U-P.com. On the right frame, there is a place where people can sign up for my uh, weekly blog. I've been blogging for years, every Thursday. And when they sign up, I'll send them my top 10 quick start tips for a cancer diagnosis. And also there are the guided visualizations on the website. One is for someone who, who has an active cancer tumor in their body. And the other is for somebody who just wants to talk with a diseased part of the body. It can be anything. It can be a sore finger. It doesn't matter. It's just something to have access, more access to the body's intuition. Mm. Wow. You, you know, um, thank you so much. Before the break, I was pointing to a page in the book, Looking Fear in the Face. And remember earlier in the show, what I was saying was that yeah, this uh, I totally understand why this book was was written by you and and what your journey was, especially when faced with cancer and cancer treatment. But I was really, really struck by how what you've written in this book is really a toolkit for people that are struggling in life with many, many things. And especially in this section. And you talk about um you talk about looking face in the fear. And I wanted you to just, just share your story about what that was like for you, because you had to, you had to do that in order for you to even be here today. Tell us about that and what that was like. My therapist taught me that fear is simply a sensation in the body. Like if I'm feeling afraid, I can feel butterflies in my abdomen. 
Now, if like a, like with the powerlessness, if I make stories about it, if I tell myself things about it, if I analyze it, if I judge it, it's going to stick there and it's going to become a mood like anxiety, panic, worry, doubt. Those don't help us. They don't serve us. But if we can focus on the fear as simply a sensation in the body and allow it to be there and move around and get intense, like powerlessness, it will lift in about 90 seconds. And this is a practice that it took me about a year to get comfortable with, but it was so helpful when I was facing chemotherapy, multiple surgeries, uh, fear about dying, fear about continuing to live, all kinds of fears that come up with a chronic diagnosis. I have a friend named Grace who had a diagnosis of Parkinson's disease. And she was struggling with getting up and down stairs. She was shaking badly. And she was in a panic about her future. What was she going to do? How was she going to take care of herself? And she read Thriver's Soup, an entry called Anxiety Pills. And she wrote that one section had to do with anxiety and how to handle my fears. Thriver's Soup suggests feeling my feelings, actually experiencing the sensations in my body, and to just let them be. Eventually, the emotions receded. I felt such gratitude for this practice. These suggestions turned out to be an invaluable aid to me. And now, Grace is walking up and down stairs, and she is not shaking as badly because she was able to take the energy sucked into the mood of anxiety and transform it into being able to use her will to go out and exercise and do the diet and change what she needed to change in her life so she could thrive instead of living with anxiety. So that's how fear can be faced, and it can be a transformative experience if it's practiced. If somebody is really afraid or like they're going to have chemo the next day or surgery, this is a practice that can be used, and it might take many iterations of it. I might spend an hour sitting with the sensation of fear in my body before it finally lifts and I can get on with sleeping or whatever else I need to do. Mm -hmm. So it's not just a one-time deal. Well, you know, one of the things that you talk about directly thereafter um, is you talk about how do we, how do we look face in the fear and then what do we do with all of that? You know, the the natural instinct sometimes when we're given a diagnosis like this is to start beating ourselves up about why did I let myself do this? Why did this happen to me? I should have taken better care of myself. I should have done this. I should have done that. And I noticed in the book that following looking fear in the face is love yourself. And I don't think there's a mistake about that order in the book. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. It's right. very easy to fall into blame, yes, and to and to think, what could I have done differently? Boy, did I spend a lot of time doing that. And my therapist kept saying, don't waste your energy. You can't go back. You have to move forward. He also taught me that blame is what happens when we are angry and we're not experiencing the anger as sensations in the body. When we experience the anger in our body, as like a heat and pressure in the head, then it can lift like the other emotions. If we don't, then we fall into the moods of blame or guilt or resentment or hostility, and that's what gets us into trouble. That's when we blame ourselves. 
I, you know, I was, I was eating a very good diet. I was exercising. I was managing my weight. I did all the right things, and I still ended up with highly aggressive end-stage cancer. So there was, even with that, I still did some self-blame, but it, it took some time for me to get out of that and learn to love myself for who I was, to accept myself for who I was, and then move forward by doing the best that I could with what I had. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when I think about this book and I think about Thriver Soup, and I'm really struck by, you know, growing up with a grandma that made some incredible soup. And, you know, soup is that thing that whenever we get sick, it's like bring out grandma's, you know, garlic chicken uh, noodle soup or whatever that is. Right. Um, yeah. And, and there's something that feels so beautifully um, fulfilling about that. But this book really goes and does talk about some of the things you learn to do to love yourself, some of the foods you've learned to love yourself with. And I want to talk a little bit about that because I think that's very important. I'd like to do that when we come back and talk about what have you discovered on the way to making this Thriver Soup? What does it mean to slowly change the things you've put in the body or to do it in a way that you want to. What are some of the things that Heidi has learned? We're going to take a short break, everyone. Heidi, again, please give out your website real quick. And when we come back, what is there to know about that apple a day, folks? Let's take a short break. Heidi, what's the website? Thriversoup.com. P-H-R-I-V-E-R-S-O-U-P.com. Awesome. We're going to take a short break, everybody. Give us a minute. We'll be right back with the Dr. Pat Show. Hi, this is Leslie Fontaine. Many of us have been overwhelmed when we discover how powerful we truly are. We really can change things. When we set an intention and move in a direction, we uncover the blocks, the fear, and the agreements that until now we have believed would keep us safe and preserve the status quo. What if today you allow that power, allow that moment, and that overwhelm Just sit with it as long as you can. Need help? Visit LeslieFontaine.com and let's talk about unfolding all that you want to be, do, and have. You'll find sessions, classes, and audio products to help remove the blocks and move you into your potential. And listen to my show, Sheer Alchemy, on Transformation Talk Radio, Wednesdays at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern. Wow. Hey, everyone. Welcome. Uh, Welcome to the Dr. Pat Show. This is Talk Radio to Thrive By. I'm telling you, I got to pinch myself some days because when each of us gets called to do something that we so not thought was in our wheelhouse to do for a purpose that's so much greater than us, we get to show up and shine. If you would like to show up and shine on the Dr. Pat Show as a co-host or sponsor, send us an email to inspire at thedrpatshow.com. 
Dr. Bree Gibbs is a fourth-generation high priestess with the knowledge to raise your vibration in conscious creation. Offering a wide variety of services from Goddess Light and Shamanic Healing Seminars to private reading sessions, Bree works with you so you too can stand in your own power. Isn't it about time you took your life into your own hands? For more information about Bree's services and products, visit SilverGaia.net. That's Silver, G-A-I-A dot net. Sky Siegel co-hosts one of today's most popular psychic shows, Angels and Answers, with Artie Hoffman as she communicates healing messages from the spirit world. These messages can be astounding, enlightening, and life-changing. Born with the God-given talent of inner guidance and the amazing ability to heal, Sky has healed thousands of people. Schedule a reading with Sky now. Call 908-500-1474 and visit skyofangels.com. Tune in to The Truth is Funny with Colette Steffen each Wednesday at 8 a.m. Pacific, 11 a.m. Eastern on TransformationTalkRadio.com. This hit show will have you thinking outside the box and riding the wave of infinite potential. Join Colette on the Higher Self Network, inspiring listeners to shine their brilliance and ensure success while roaring with laughter as they recognize the humor of the giant cosmic joke. Visit TheTruthIsFunny.com. Everybody, welcome back. I'm so thrilled, you know, to be talking today with Heidi Wright. And the book is called Thriver Soup. Um, Heidi, let people know where the book is available, if you could, everywhere and anywhere. Well, it's available through any bookstore. And it's available uh, through my website, thriversoup.com, T-H-R-I-V-E-R-S-O-U-P.com. Awesome. You know, before the break, what I was saying was that in addition to really looking at for all of us, looking at parts of our lives, perhaps where we've done some better work on um, our emotions, for example, or we've done some better work on, you know, physical exercise, let's say. Um, But let's get down to what I said earlier about my grandma. How well have I done to remember my grandma's remedy for what happens when any of us got sick? You know, what is it that we learned about the healing journey and you in particular um, about taking good care of our bodies to what the heck we put in it? Share some of the share some of the thoughts that you put in the book. One of them is that we can check where we are at nutritionally with a blood draw, the two things to ask for would be our albumin levels and our C-reactive protein levels, and I talk about that in Thriver Soup. Albumin is a measure of nutritional status in our bodies. It's a protein in the blood, and somebody did a study, and they found that 
Cancer patients with an albumin level of 2.5 or below tended to have a poor prognosis, whatever their type and stage of cancer. And those with an albumin level above 3.5 tended to have a better prognosis. When I was diagnosed with highly aggressive end-stage cancer, I had an albumin level of 4.2. I knew the diet was not going to save my life, but I also knew that it could make me more comfortable. One way is to reduce inflammation, and that's the C-reactive protein blood draw. The normal levels are between 1 and 4. Mine is 0.3. That's very low. And I do that by eliminating processed foods, wheat, and dairy, and sugar, and focusing on a whole foods, organic diet, plant-based. Now, soup is great. Chicken soup is wonderful when you're sick, and I incorporate that into an actual recipe in my book called Driver Soup. And it's a sprouted lentil soup. It's got, I talk about all the things that go in it and why they're really good for a cancer patient or anybody going through any kind of illness because it's full of nutrients, full of things that the body needs to regain vitality. And I do sprout my own lentils before I put them in. But there are also sprouted lentils that are dehydrated that are on the market now. So I'm really glad to see that. I have a friend who's a vegetarian, and she ended up with breast cancer. And when she was going through breast cancer, she decided that she needed chicken broth. So chicken broth can be very healing, and that's part of this recipe. I have another friend whose mother got breast cancer, and she started making the Thriver Soup recipe for her every week. And her mother is beyond the cancer now, and she's thriving. So I think it might have had something to do with helping her mother. Mm. You know, this is just one part of it, but it's actually a very important part of it. Um, You know, sometimes we have to stop, uh, uh, stop something. And I was having a conversation with a friend of mine and she watches the way I eat really, you know, no gluten, you know, very little sugar. Um, And it's because I've been doing this show now going on 14 years and I've had, you know, thousands of people come on the show and you, you are here today saying these are the things we've learned along the way. What are some of the other things that you had to learn about and incorporate uh, in your life that may be, you, you know, new to people here? You know, I was reading the part of the book where you talk about root vegetables. Those are, those are really good for me because I'm, I have northern European descent. Yeah, And root vegetables are down in the ground and they're getting the nutrients directly out of the soil and, and holding them there. They're really, really good for you. Something that I was surprised to learn, you know that, that kale is, a, is becoming very popular among people who want to regain their health or stay yeah. healthy. But a raw kale is actually not the best way to eat kale because it's full <laughs> of oxalic acid and it can yep. interfere with thyroid function. So I... This one thing I started when I was diagnosed was my brother gave me a Vitamix, so I started making green smoothies. And I learned that what I need to do is blanch the brassicas first, which is to boil them quickly to, to deactivate the enzymes and to get the oxalic acid out of the vegetable and into the water, then drain it, and then put it in the Vitamix. And then you can get a green smoothie. And I have a green smoothie every day. It's usually a quart. 
not very delicious. I don't have a special green smoothie recipe, but it's there. I know it's good for me because I'm 55. All my siblings have gray hair, including one six years younger than me. I have no gray hair. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, and let's talk about that for a minute. Aren't we really getting back to basics? Aren't we really getting back to, you know, what my grandmother left with me at a very young age and what others are learning? But you don't have to get to the place of being sick to start to incorporate this. You know, sometimes we look at this and we think to ourselves, wait a minute, you know, this is a lot for me to take on. But clearly we're bringing some things back into our diets that for some reason we left out. And You know, remember when we went through the phase where we were in the no fat business, no fat, Uh. let's not cook with fat, let's, and my gosh, you know, let's never eat coconut, right? That story? Yeah. What did you discover (laughs) about fat and and fats like that along the way? I uh, moved to cooking with olive oil and coconut oil, and I'm not afraid of fat anymore. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And eggs are a highly nutritious food. They have a lot of good things in them. So I eat eggs and I cook them with butter because they taste better with butter. (laughs) Yeah, they do. Yeah, they do. Uh, They do taste better with butter. Um, But, you know, this is it. I'm not afraid of fat anymore. And we really did get afraid of fat. You know, right? We really did go over the top afraid of fat at some point. And, um, you know, what we're trying to do here is bring people back to things that were so natural, correct? That, you know, our family, our our, our our relatives, people that were in our lives said to us, wait a minute, this is what you grew up at on, Pat. You know, this is the way you lived, right? And, you know, yeah. I, I mean, roasted garlic doesn't come in a box. Well, I don't know. No. Does it? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, I want to ask you what your favorite favorite spice is. Turmeric. Turmeric is the, is the leading anti-cancer spice, and it attacks cancer in 10 different ways. The way to cook it is to uh, cook it in oil first so that it releases its fragrance, and that also releases the fat-soluble molecules in the turmeric, and then you add your vegetables to it and cook with it, and that releases the water-soluble nutrients in turmeric, so you're maximizing the use of that uh, spice. Then you add black pepper if you don't have mouth sores, and then you drink green tea with the meal, and boy, do you get a power punch with that. That is a great meal for a cancer patient to have or anybody who wants to reduce their inflammation levels. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I want to ask you inflammation. We are hearing inflammation now more in our society than most people actually want want to hear, but I I think it's a conversation to talk about. Some say inflammation is the key to just about every illness that we can come up with a new category for. Can you tell, uh, give people an insight on inflammation and how it shows up in blood work or other places? Because even though we hear the word a lot, we don't really understand it. And a lot of times we don't really understand how it relates to cancer. I talked to my doctor and she said that 
I said, I think inflammation has a lot to do with chronic diseases. And she said, yes, we're finding that to be more and more true. So I think you're right on that. And the way to the way I reduced inflammation was to figure out what the foods were I was eating that caused inflammation. One of them for me was wheat. Now, that was my body. Other people might not have that experience. Right. Dairy caused inflammation. Sugar caused inflammation for me. So... I had to figure out what was causing the inflammation, and that can be done with the C-reactive protein blood draw. You can track your levels with that. Um, and then if you can also look online for an anti-inflammatory diet, and that will give you a lot of ideas of what to eat. For me, basically, it was a uh, healthy protein with lots of produce, mostly vegetables. That's pretty much an anti-inflammatory diet. And then you can take turmeric as a supplement or ginger as a supplement. And I also take fish oil. Fish oil is a very good fat. We don't get enough of the omega-3s in our diet. So I supplement with that every day as well. All right. I saved this one for last before the break. Vitamin D, is it still a controversy? (laughs) I don't know if it's a controversy, but my level was pretty low when I was diagnosed because I was afraid of the sun and I was always wearing sunscreen (laughs) and I think it was like 34 which was near the bottom end of the scale and um, I take a lot of vitamin D now. I'm still worried about getting in the sun because I have a relative who had skin cancer Mm -hmm. so I'm still careful about the sun but I do supplement with vitamin D and I got it up to like 70 something so I'm real happy with that. That's a good level. You know, I think that there are so many other things in the in this book that we're going to talk about. When we come back, we're going to be talking with Heidi about, okay, if we had to sum it up in a, in a short 10-minute segment here when we come back, what does the journey look like? And for those of us out there right now where we're really struggling with forgiveness for whatever reason, We're going to take that on when we come back. Forgiveness, Stairway to Heaven. We'll be right back. Hi, this is Leslie Fontaine. When we become aware of a choice, it is not accidental. Tune in to Mainstream Metaphysics Radio to harness your connection with the universe to affect change for optimal success and happiness. Name one of the country's top psychics. Eve now brings her insights and gifts to this weekly hit call-in show. Joined by visionaries, leaders, and gifted others, but mostly you. Jot it down. Thursdays, 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern on TransformationTalkRadio.com. Get your monthly dose of self-awareness and mindfulness. Learn spiritual regeneration with visionary leader David Karshare in Becoming a Sun Radio, emotional and spiritual intelligence for a happy, fulfilling life. Explore the unknown regions of the emotional experience and set them free with David. Tune in once a month to Becoming a Sun Radio with David Karshare on the Dr. Pat Show and Transformation Talk Radio. For more information, visit davidcarshare.com today. Registration is now open for the 25th Annual Woman of Wisdom Conference. 
Join the fabulous presenters from around the country on February 16th through the 20th. If you believe in raising the feminine spirit and transforming our world, then this conference is for you. Get your tickets now. One day and full weekend passes are available. For more information about presenters and tickets, visit womanofwisdom.org. That's womanofwisdom.org. Is traditional medicine not working for you? Do you still feel as if your health isn't 100%? Here at the Holistic Medical Center, Dr. Nushin Darvish and the qualified staff look through the dimensions of wellness and start a healing plan prioritized to your needs. Our physicians assess the whole you until complete health is achieved. Get the help you need by visiting drdarvish.com or call 425-451-0404. You can now join Dr. Bree Gibbs and the Silver Gaia Academy for an all-new inspirational and educational show, the second and fourth Monday at 11 a.m. Pacific on Transformation Talk Radio. Join Bree and master teachers on a journey to Gaia. We are always evolving as individuals and the planet. The Silver Gaia Academy is here to help guide and teach you how to raise your spiritual vibration. Will you rise to the occasion? How would you like to release your stress and let go of your anxiety, fear, depression, or even physical pain? How would you like to feel more relaxed, more confident, and experience more success in all areas of your life? Dave Dodge from Stress Buster Radio has a number of cutting-edge methods that will help you do just that. For more information on how Dave can help you release stress, visit StressBusterRadio.com. Skype and phone sessions available. Hey, everybody, welcome back. For more information about us on The Dr. Pat Show, you can go to thedrpatshow.com. Just Google Dr. Pat, or you can go to transformationtalkradio.com. Go ahead and do that. And Heidi Bright's joining me here today. The name of her book is Thriver Soup. Beautiful image on that cover. It's just gorgeous. Um, Heidi, thank you for today. And there are many, many things in the book that I know I want to talk to you about, but I know it would be so not cool for me to leave out the chat about forgiveness. Um, what forgiveness is, what you discovered about it, what it's not. Uh, can you talk about how forgiveness showed up in your healing journey? Well, for me, it showed up initially as resentment. My therapist, mm-hmm. when I came in to see her, said I was dripping with resentment, and I was not really aware of it because it was such a part of my psyche. But she had to teach me how to let go of that. That was a long, difficult process, and that was a forgiveness process. It was realizing that I was expecting to somebody to fit into my image of who they were, and that's not fair to them, and it's not fair to me. I was also sitting in my anger without processing it. So the anger was settling into the mood of resentment and it was affecting a lot of areas of my life in a negative way. And it probably contributed to the cancer diagnosis. And I just had to get rid of it. And it was a, and with forgiveness, we sometimes just have to be willing to be willing to be willing to be willing to forgive Mm. to start the process because it can Mm. be very hard because it's, you, I wanted to hold on to my resentments because they made me right. 
well, my being right was making me sick. And I mm-hmm. had, if I wanted to survive, I had to let that go. And so um, since I uh, finished the book, I found a new process for forgiveness, which I have found incredibly helpful. It's a process called radical forgiveness, and it has some interesting ideas in it. But, you know, I tried this four-step job process to forgive, and I tried the seven-step process to forgiveness, and it just didn't work. But Mm -hmm. this is a 22-step process, I think. And I also incorporated things from Codependence Anonymous and Alcoholics Anonymous because they Uh, deal with resentment all the time. So I I combined their processes. And there's also Kitty Byron's Loving What Is. She asks great questions which can lead to forgiveness. There's a lot of processes out there. And when I have been able to truly forgive somebody, I feel a physical weight lift off me. And I'm lighter, and I feel better, and I'm happier. It's a gift to me. <laughs> the other person's not affected by my resentment. I am, and I need to gift myself with forgiveness so that I can get my life back. Mm. And, you know, you mentioned a number of different books, and those are really tools. I, I really have a question for you. Uh, you know, what would you say to people that are listening to the show right now that maybe as they're listening, you know, they're thinking, oh, my gosh, all these things I got to do. You know, where did Heidi start? And, you know, I think you've mentioned your therapist now about four or five times. But I do want to know, where did you start when you heard those words? You know, what got you pointed in this direction? It was a book by Dr. Christine Horner. She's a surgeon and breast cancer patient advocate. She had a Mm -hmm. book called Waking the Warrior Goddess. Mm -hmm. And someone gave me that book immediately. And that is the most dog-eared book I own. And it was a springboard for everything. And I I have a lot of her information in my book, as as, as well as information from many other books and articles and online websites. That was a really good place to start. And it also felt, made me feel like I had a little control over my life because everything mm-hmm. felt way out of control at that point. And you have to take a step at a time. You can't jump into it and change your life immediately in one day, especially when you are very sick. So maybe one day you decide, okay, I'm going to scrap this type of food. And then the next day you decide, I'm going to try a little immuno, immuno, um, work with acupressure and maybe the next day try visualization and work around with these things until you find what works for you and what's the most helpful. If you try too much at once, it's probably not going to work because it's very difficult to change, but it can be done. It just takes determination and you have to be more relentless than the disease is. That's Mm -hmm. something else I learned Mm -hmm. because the disease for me was extremely relentless. And I just had to be more determined to survive than it was to take over. Right. Right. You know, I wanted to ask you, um, I know we only have a few minutes left, um, but, you know, here you are talking in the world. You've written this fabulous, fabulous book. And I, I would be, I would be, it would just be so uncool not to ask you spirituality and the reason I'm asking you is because almost every quote in your book 
is some spiritual thought or idea. What happened to you to get you to faith and trust? I was already uh, learning about, I, I had a, a seminary degree, so I had a, a Master of Divinity degree, so I had a big background in religion and spirituality, and I was always reading books on spirituality, and I was meditating an hour a day when I was diagnosed. Um, and I realized that my spirituality was based in what was going on in my head, mm. like mindfulness meditation. And then I understood at that point that I needed to switch to a body-based spirituality. So I switched to a type of sitting practice where I have a straight spine, whether I'm lying on a bed or an easy chair or standing up, and I keep my palms up. And then I ask for my fears and doubts to be lifted and to be filled with faith and trust and divine healing energy. And then I sit for 10 minutes and I focus only on the sensations in my body. I found after a few months of doing that twice a day that my body started feeling better. It started feeling more alive. It started tingling. And then I found with more practice that I could access that sensation anytime I wanted to just by tuning into my body. So I think that had a lot to do with raising up life force energy in my body so that I could feel and it also advanced my spirituality in a slightly different direction. But as far as I'm concerned, we were given bodies. Mm-hmm. It, I needed to live in my body. And that is a spiritual practice because you have to be aware. It's a mindfulness practice with the body, being aware of what's going on in the body. How do my feet feel on the floor? How do my feet feel in the chair? You know, it's, it's, it can be a constant practice of awareness. Wow. What a great show. Thank you so much for today. And again, you know, please let folks know how they can find out more about you, how they can get a copy of the book. I have a website, thriversoup.com, T-H-R-I-V-E-R-S-O-U-P.com. You can get my weekly blog by signing up on the website. There's a frame on the right side, put in your email address, and I'll send my top 10 tips for the Cancer Journey. There's a CD available. There's CDs available that are guided visualizations for accessing and having a conversation with whatever is the problem or the issue in the body. And people are finding those really helpful. Wow. Awesome. Thank you so much for today. Um, Heidi, one last quick question. What's your personal message? What would you like to leave us with today? There's always hope and there are always options. I love it. to find them. I love it. Heidi Bright, everybody. Thank you for tuning us in and turning us on. I'm Dr. Pat, and we will see you next time.
preceding audio was via a Skype call.